Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place, you're fired. It needs all the things. Give it all the things. Oh, perfect. You nailed it. You can't bend physics, but you can use like better saucer. And you're doing MPLS changes or BDP changes. They may be with you, right? I, I always feel like I'm just a little fish in a sea of big fish. I've got a nested six-node sand. Oh, guys. People, you know, quite often think that they don't have anything to bring to the table when they absolutely do. Everybody should. Anybody in IT that skips the phone stuff, it just hasn't earned it. Okay, I lied. I have one more question. On demand. Correct. Welcome to GigaCast episode 37 for Friday, March 27th. Marked safe from the virus, live to tape from the GigaCast headquarters. I'm Britton Johnson. And live from my intergalactic headquarters, I'm Tony Reeves. Dude. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy out there. And uh, here, here, I wanted to start off with this because I feel like this is how we're all feeling right now. So just You're let me... pur- purposefully ignoring the elephant in yeah, the no, room. No, hang on. This is how this is my interpretation of how we're all feeling. We've got a really big problem. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, so you know, that's what happens when you're stuck at home watching PBS Kids all day. No kidding. Um <laughs> How you doing, Tony? How was your chiropractor appointment that made you late? Oh, good. I went snap, crackle, pop. I feel a lot better. Good. Um, so we kind of threw this together last minute. We weren't really planning on doing one, and I don't feel like, you know, I feel like now more than ever, we need positive stories, encouraging stories, and Absolutely. anything that's good news. We need lots of good news. Tony, give me some good news. I have a job. Yes. Woo-hoo! I am staying at VMware, bro. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. I'm glad it's it's working out. I'm glad you're, uh, you know, joining the ranks of the core. And uh, yeah, this is this is yes. I am I am the new Aaron Bolthouse, who just happens to be one of our guests. Yeah. So I'm taking over his old patch, his old role. That's awesome. We, uh, you know, through this, I threw out a blanket request for a couple of couple of people, and I thought, you know. Who who better to get and and also I wanted to check on on Mr. Bolthouse because I know this is a hard time for him, so you know welcome back Aaron Bolthouse to the show, and I also thought well, hey let's make this really confusing for Tony and I and have two Aarons on so we have Mr. <laughs> Aaron Buley from Texas also on the show today so thank you guys for both joining um and you know the last end of a Friday for you I'm on vacation this week so this is just fun for me um but. You know, we, this is where we are in the world right now, and uh, and thank you for being here. Well, it looks like Bolt House is in Scranton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I've changed uh, locations. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> changed locations over to Pennsylvania here. I got Stanley Hudson behind yeah. me. Yeah. I see that. Um, you know, I think one of these uh, one of these things where everybody's trying to work from home and and uh, stay at home is you got to make it fun. And so finding all these absolutely. fun backgrounds to put in your Zoom is is a little important and uh, helps make a, make the day go by better. Yes. All right. So sp- speaking of fun virtual Zoom backgrounds, have you all seen Tim Smith's virtual background? That is pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that is freaking hilarious. Uh, Mr. Aaron Buley, what is your background? Where are you, is that just a random picture, or a place you've been, or a place you want to be? No, this is the parrot on my shoulder. It's a bald eagle. Nice. Bring him to work. <laughs> you know, hashtag America. America. That's right. Yeah. 
Ass. There you go. And and you're you're the only one of us wearing my ear. You're the only one of us wearing the actual show swag today. So thank you for representing. Is that not the shirt you're wearing under your jacket there? No. I uh this is my Trek one hundred Trek one hundred shirt. Nice. Hey, I'm I'm wearing my VSAN swag. Oh, I have that, but it's yeah, eight right. here, so yeah, I'm not wearing that. I, right I, I I dug my old V expert Datrium hoodie out of the closet, so I, I, I thought I got rid of it, but I still had it. Nice. Did you lose like 50 pounds since the last time I saw you? It's it's I'm probably getting close to that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, dude. Yeah, it's it's, awesome. it's been. I started probably right about this time last year, somewhere in there. Um, and yeah, it's it's been uh been a journey but it's worth so far it's still working out so the big my biggest thing with that is just pay attention to what you consume that's it yeah i guess that could be said across the board right pretty much yeah exactly <laughs> all right so i have a couple of quick news updates um this last week this this week you know or was it this week or was it last week i think it was last week dang it i am all the wall i'm like I, like everybody the dates are all just gone in my head um a couple weeks ago, uh, Ken Nalbone from, uh, he works for a head now, but he's with the V Brown Bag. He asked me to do a uh, updated NSXT series on V Brown Bag, kind of in the light, in the vein of the series that Tim Davis did years ago for NSX for vSphere. And uh, I said, sure, what the heck? And signed myself up for four, at least four, if not more, um, episodes of V Brown Bag around NSXT. Um, nice. so I, I did the first one of those last week. So go to the V Brown bag YouTube channel. If you want to look at that. Um, and there are more coming. I've got another one next week where I'm going to dive into switching and routing an SXT and further and, you know, lots, lots more stuff coming in that direction. Um, and then, so there's also, uh, a guy on our team. His name is Matt just, he's our, uh, internal V realized network insight master. Um, the guy is really, really smart. Um, so he's doing a special V Brown bag on V Realize Network Insight. So look for that. Um, and then our last guest on the podcast, Mr. Paul Mancuso, um, I volunteered, I introduced him to Ken and he signed up to do a V Brown bag, um, about NSX over in ACI Cisco fabric. So did he actually volunteer? Or did you volunteer him? He actually volunteered. So, okay. but I just made the connection. So, but but oh, and I and I did voluntold uh, my brother to do one on on Cloud Foundation. So he's that he's, I remember. So he's gonna do that one too. <laughs> so you know, gig, GigaCast, GigaCast working hand in hand with V Brownbag right now to produce lots and lots of content for people while we're all stuck at home. So nice. Speaking of Mr. Nalbone, uh, he now covers uh, customers for a head, like you were talking about, and I've had the pleasure of having some overlap coverage with them. So I've, I've gotten to work with them with a couple of customers. Yeah. And so that's been a fun experience. Very cool. It's nice. Yeah, Ken's a good guy. It's nice when it all comes together. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, update wise. So, you know, we're still going to try to continue to do more of the show as much as possible. Um, even though I'm in the middle of trying to relocate to another state. Um, so, you know, as has been said for like a month or so ago, you know, me and the family are moving to the Indianapolis area um, for some family reasons. And, um, you know, th this is like, we, we figured out we rented a house. We're going to rent for, for a year at least and then try to buy something at some point. But my, my one question, and I think both of you, both of you Aaron's, I think both of you have had to relocate across state lines at some point. 
so many times. So my, I, I'm looking for relocation tips first of all, um, and second of all, how the heck am I supposed to relocate and and make new friends when I can't go talk to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, you can uh, go out in the dead of night when no one's out. Actually, I don't know if this is legal, so don't take my advice. But you can put your like, you can put your Zoom link, like your personal Zoom link, into their mailbox. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or would say, "Hang out with me virtually. I'm your neighbor." <laughs> no, but yeah. uh, in terms of moving, uh, throw everything away. Right? You just we're trying. Yeah. Yeah. Everything just. Throw or give it away, right? Yeah. If you can give it away, give it away. Um, I often just say, don't keep trash, right? Well, and most of everything you have is is trash. Really. Like when when we when the decision was made, that was like our my first like you know light bulb moment, um, because like I walked down into the basement here where my office is, and I'm looking at all the stuff on the shelves, and I'm just like, this is 15 years of crap and yeah. build, build up yeah. and just you know laziness of living in the same house for 15 years. And now we've got to like, yeah, start to get rid of all this stuff. And we've, we've, we've had a mini Craigslist garage sale and I got rid of a bunch of stuff. I saw, I had a weight bench set in here that had been piling up dust in the corner and I probably sold it a week too early because I probably could have got another hundred bucks out of it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the supply and demand curve. Yeah. But you know, so we're, we're, we're trying to figure that, that piece of it out, but man, it's, it's going to be tough. Because like houses in, houses down in Indiana, Indianapolis, they, a lot of them don't have basements, and oh. and like the ones we're so, like we're moving moving into does not have a basement. So I'm like, oh crap! That means we have even less room for our crap. So mm-hmm. well, they can you can build up as well as out instead of down. Yeah, not on a rental though, but oh okay, yeah, okay. that's a rental. Yeah, for for you know the short short term, but yeah, all right. Aaron, I mean, Aaron, do you have a Bray Bolt House? Do you have thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all of my challenges around relocating, I relocated from Michigan to Colorado to Wisconsin, now to Illinois. Uh, and every single time my challenge comes around taxes. <laughs> so That's great. I really understand and keep uh, really close tabs on when you actually moved because that's going to be important. Uh, and then any type of moving expenses, uh, no matter how small, uh, whether you ate food on the road while you were moving down there or uh, you hired you know, right, somebody to right. help you do X, Y, Z as a part of your move, keep all that in one like area, uh, whether that's digitally or physically. Uh, and then you'll have a go to go back to and reference uh, because trying to itemize and track that uh, after the fact also when it comes to when you have to pay taxes in a new state versus your previous state knowing when you actually moved is a is really important when you're filing your taxes for that too so those have been all my major challenges around it uh and that's that's good because i would not have thought of that after my first mistake (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's important it's important for sure Cause you'll have to pay, you know, Wisconsin state taxes for X amount of days. And then you'll have to pay Indiana state taxes for the other X okay. uh, federal doesn't really matter, but uh, you can, you can get your itemized deductions back on those moving costs for sure. Cool. For so probably, sure. probably he- more heavily weighted would be all the stuff you're going to give away. Go donate everything in your house and then you don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. Even if you donate it to a dumpster. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but 
uh, I'm not a tax professional, uh, right, so right. please go see a tax professional and do not take my advice. When are y'all moving? Um, when are you trying to move? We're, we were trying to wait. We were going to wait until school was done at the end of May. Um, yeah, well, it's done there now. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know, but like, well, well, for us in Wisconsin, it's not fully done for the kiddos anyway. So like, they're basically gearing up, you know, full distance learning, even for first graders. Um, you know, and like, and like that, that's what I don't understand about certain parts of the country, how they're dealing with this. Like, how are kids going to move from whatever grade they're into the next grade without actually completing it? I mean, everybody's just getting a pass. But... Well, I know the slackers and people that uh, don't care are probably rejoicing right now. <clears throat> right. But, you know, I don't know. I, just, it's, I, there's, I don't understand that part of it. I but don't think yeah, 80% does. of the way through the year. It's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. It's 80, I mostly 20 just rule, feel right? bad. Yeah, that's right. I mostly just feel bad for like, uh, well, feel bad for is kind of a strong uh, version of how that feeling is. But the like the high school seniors, right? right stuff right. like that, where you have all those celebrations and um, you know all that kind of stuff. So yeah, how do you do an open Did house? You see, uh, right. How, how what? How do you do an open house? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I Did you see I, Kirk Herbstreit was tw- trending today, talking about how uh, he didn't think pro football or college football was going to happen this fall. Oh man, really? Yeah. You, if you yeah. want to put this country into a depression, just take away football. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. That, that, oh, yeah. My my wife was just yeah. She's beside herself if the Packers don't have a season. So. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Uh, are you going to remain a Packer fan? <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, what what the, what, I, what I'm excited for is like when the Packers come to Indianapolis, I'll actually be able to easily go to a game. <laughs> there you go. Look on the bright side. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, so, I can get tickets, get 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 Colts tickets. There you go. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I lived eight years in Wisconsin as a Lions fan, and people would always ask me, "When are you going to be a Packers fan?" It's like, mm, yeah, no, you don't choose where you're born. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I my that's what my, happened when I moved. Yeah. When, when I was a kid, you know, my, my parents moved us, moved the whole family to Ohio for three years and it was weird. Like the, the weirdest thing to me, even as a kid, and I feel like the weirdest thing me as an adult now too, is going to be adjusting to being in the Eastern time zone. Oh yeah. Because everything's like, you know, the 11 o'clock news is, is, is the thing there. And it's just like, everything it just feels like everything's so late. So yeah, but you're, you're ahead of everybody in the morning though. I always liked mm-hmm. that when I lived on the East Coast. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it, I mean, me. it's it's going to be an adjustment all, all the way around. The, uh, the I cared one, less about the nighttime stuff, though. But like one one I mean, of I our. Know, are you a night owl or what? I I I, I I'm like a, a normal owl. My wife is a, 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 a night owl. <laughs> what is a normal owl? <laughs> night owl. <laughs> I'm an owl that like I could stay up super late. But you know, like a like eleven o'clock, eleven thirties. Like we've we've slipped now into our summer hours because we do we don't have to set an alarm clock and to get lunches ready in the morning. And so now we're like we're going to bed at like midnight and getting and rolling out of bed at like eight thirty. You know, so that's kind of my general schedule right now. Okay, um, and that works. You know, I'm I'm definitely not a morning person. Ugh. So, I'm okay. like, well, but I'm not. Maybe the East Coast won't work well for you. Then. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But Britain's a barn owl. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever the cool owl is from Harry Potter. That's going way back. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
No idea. Yeah. All right. Um, what else? There was. Oh yeah. Have you picked up any fun hobbies? Did you? While you've been in quarantine. Did you want to talk about oh, my my Air, my AirPods? I think you said you, you wanted to know something about that. So as as I was talking about before we started the recording, you know, I I just had to replace my my old AirPods with the AirPods Pro. And I discovered, you know, I kind of knew this already, but I have like weird, bizarro ears where like one side is, uh, you know, you know, I knew one of one of my ear holes like goes, you know, in a certain direction and the other one goes in another direction. And this is quality of a normal owl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I couldn't, I couldn't get them to sit right in my ears. And so I've discovered I had to have one, the right side uses the small tip and the left side uses the medium tip. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, how do you like them overall? Sure. O- overall, they work really, really well. I like the, the noise canceling and I love the transparency. I love being able to turn on the transparency thing so that if I'm upstairs working on a call, you know, and the kids need something, I don't have to take my things out and I can get whatever they need and, you know, not have to be taken. Does it on sound off. normal though it in does. transparency mode or does it, it sound sounds weird completely and normal? It sounds like. Huh. It sounds like you're not wearing headphones. It's totally bizarre. Now, the the one downside is, like, if I wear these in a store, and, in, you know, in Wisconsin it's cold and I'm bald, so I'm always cold, and I wear, if I wear my VMware stocking cap, you know, I, if I move my head with them on in transparency mode, I hear the shh, the cloth, like <laughs> we're rubbing against the microphones. I'm like, so that's a little bizarre. But but otherwise, yeah, they they, you know, they're lasting, you know, like my, my last ones, I wasn't able to get through like an entire hour long conference call. So because the batteries were so worn out. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm holding out for is I want to try them out, but I'm waiting for the battery life to get bad enough on mine. And it's almost there uh, yeah. to justify replacing them. Mine are like three years old now. But I think but you in, got yours a year before me, right? Yeah. But in general, I really like them. I, uh, I, I will, I have noted because of a, an internal um, all hands presentation that that Heath did for VMware um he, he did his cloud foundation um kickoff presentation with his AirPod Pros and like the whole time he was like sniffing and <laughs> like I had it on upstairs on the big TV when I was watching it and my wife was walking through the room she's like is that your brother and I'm like yeah she's like why does it sound like he's addicted to coke <laughs> You're like, sound like. Yeah. <laughs> and then so somebody in the Slack channel was just like, like oh, it sounds like Heath's getting sick. <laughs> and like, so apparently these things are really sensitive if you're a sniffer. So just, you know, keep that in mind if you use the AirPod Pros. Good to know. Good to know. I've, I've got the, the 1.5s and um, my, my right ear, the microphone gave out. So... You know how you normally can like take one out and then leave one in. Oh, and right, right. Oh. Uh, if I take my left ear out, then I can't talk to anybody. So <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in the market, uh, as it were, for new they, ones. They, they they I have had them like this is one one thing the original AirPods never did for me when I first got them was that they would never fall out. Um, and these ones have fallen out on me a couple of times. Oof. So it's rough. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. So you got to kind of pay attention. I've just, I've discovered um, ear cleanliness really helps. So you got to kind of like really get in there and you know, clean things up. But uh, so that, that's one thing that helps. But otherwise, if you're just, you know, sitting at your desk with them on, it's, it's fine. It's just what I've been like 
moving around doing stuff that all of a sudden like, oh crap, where'd it go? Do they have uh, wireless charging built into the case of the AirPods Pro? Yes. Okay. For 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 two hundred and sixty bucks, you better. Yeah. Britain, you could get a, a little thing that attaches to both of them and has a string that comes across, and then you could just have them both attached to each other. Yeah, but that's that actually makes them fall out more. <laughs> and it defeats the purpose of right. wireless, wireless. Yeah. earbuds. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but they do offer that. Yeah, I know. I saw somebody post a photo of a wireless seatbelt the other day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Somebody's actually going to buy that. <laughs> it just had like a little plug in the little thing at the bottom. Just makes the uh, car stop uh, blinking at you. I guess that's a good point. I don't know, but I mean, entirely obviously defeats the purpose. Aaron, anyway, Aaron Bewley, I want to let me ask you a business question. Okay, let's do it. Uh, how how are things at Dell through all of this so far? Are you guys seeing a slowdown, an uptick? What what's going on? Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much I can and can't say. I'll just kind of stay as vague as possible. But sure. I don't think any of it's a surprise. Um, what's really cool about it is uh, we were already prepared as a company to work from home, right? Right. Uh, the the vast majority of us, right? There's lots of different types of jobs um, at Dell. But I, I would say the vast majority of us were already prepared to work from home. We had laptops um, for, for years and years now. Um, Michael, I mean, I believe it's a Michael directive, but even like some of the call center folks have been, uh, you know, they, they co-locate in a desk and, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, one person would be there and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the other person would be there something like that. Right. Um, starting in on that work from home thing. So that's been great. It was, I think it was easy. It was, it was really good. Right. And we, we already use the communication tools. We we're already using zoom and teams and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there was no hurdle there. Um, but for our customers, I would say it felt like a pretty, um, there was a pretty quick scramble for like, we almost had um, pre-config uh, VDI clusters, like designs set up from a VxRail perspective, right? Uh, as an example, you know, we were getting calls left, right and center. Hey, I need 500 laptops and I need help setting up something in our data center that'll support 2000 VDI users. Um, so from that, from that point of view, I think um, I think we're doing well. Uh, it depends on what you mean by we're doing well, though, or or are we doing well? I think from a revenue perspective, um, I mean the key is we we were able to respond quickly and help customers, um, which is right. which is great. And our workforce was able to respond and adapt quickly to be able to maintain functionality. So that was good. It's like I, I I'm hearing all kinds of different stuff. I mean, for being on the pre-sales side of things. I mean, there's some parts, some people that I know um, in, in, you know, various vendors, not just VMware and not just Dell, where there a lot of people are saying like, you know, oh man, you like, you can't sell anything right now. Like just stop selling everything, which seems like a bad idea. Like, like Who's saying we can't sell anything? Like, I have heard this said in, you know, from people. Where they're like basically okay. like basic, hardware, software, like, like anything, like we're, like we're running out of like, like just, yeah, like, I don't like, know. Like, you know, especially, especially, you know, like. Just, just trying to like nobody. Nobody wants to look bad right now and be like the ambulance chaser. Um, yeah. And and so it's it's kind of this thing of like, and that's where I feel like you know, as as an SE, I think you know, okay, we need to like maybe if we're not actively selling stuff right now, we need to default. I disagree with that though, man. It, 
I do yeah, as well. I, right. I, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard people say that though. You're not the first person. Okay. Um, I've heard, I've heard people on my own team say, I feel bad selling gear to customers um, who are, you know, in a time of crisis right now, but if we don't sell them this, these systems, then like literally they stop working. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Things get because worse for them. Come into the office and now nobody's doing anything. Um, so yeah, I would not see it that way. Um, and at the same time, like one of the other things I would say, there was probably a pickup in uh, like server and client purchase because of the, the worry of, of, of shortage, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of in the same way, not as drastic as the toilet paper <laughs> run. Um, <laughs> but I think people were looking at, hey, we're going to need another, you know, 300 servers for this, that, or the other thing over the next four months. Let's go ahead and just buy it all now to make sure um, that we've got it, right? So there's a little bit of that as well. But, um, but no, I, I, I can't, I mean, I get what you're saying um, in terms of, ambulance chasing, but you just can't look at it that way. You got to look at it like coming alongside, you know, being a partner of your customer, right? Right. Advising them, right. You know, now certainly you could be nefarious. I mean, anybody could, could take advantage of anybody in something like that, but um, don't be that person. You know what I mean? As a, help them out. And if they can leverage something they already have, help them leverage something they already have. Right. So as a, a VMware, core SE, you know, um, end user computing kind of falls under the realm as well, right? And um, when we're talking to customers about what they need to enable their workforce to keep their selves running, right? The customers have to keep themselves going. And a lot of the ways to do that is to enable that workforce. Um, so instead of coming in and saying, oh, look at all this cool stuff I could sell you, I, I've taken the approach of, I've worked from home for two years. All of my teammates work from home. We're able to work from home. If you need something or you're interested in something, ask me and I'll tell you. But I'm not just going and throwing promos at customers and, and things like that. Um, it's, it's it's the idea cold of cold calling, right? No, absolutely. It's the idea of handing, you know, holding my hand out and saying, let me help you versus trying to shove something down somebody's throat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where, I, that's where I've felt like, you know, if you're anti, you know, pushing anything on anybody, we need to fall back on the whole, you know, education aspect of right. our jobs. And, and that's, yeah, where, that's right. and that's where I'm trying to create a whole bunch of educational content right now, because, you know, for, for a, a lot of what, you know, NSX SEs do is try to trying to displace fear of new technology. And I think the only right. thing that does that is education. hundred percent. And, you know, like, customers don't necessarily know what workspace one can do or that horizon, you know, can extend outside of the traditional VDI space. Uh, they, they don't have uh, necessarily the time that we, uh, or, uh, you know, somebody deep in the trenches might to research all this. And now they're in a time where they have less time to figure that out. So being a resource and educating them uh, really does help them uh, to make better decisions about how they can keep their businesses running. And that's, that's the way I see it. We've done some neat things too, just with everybody um, socially connecting in a new way, uh, given the, you know, the, the distancing and the isolation and all that kind of stuff physically. Uh, we could have done this before, but we just never had. Um, Jeremy Merrill, I think you'll know him, uh, but he had an idea of, hey, let's just spin up some VX Seals office hours, right? Uh, let's get some customers on and, and, uh, or, or partners or salespeople or whatever. We're all at the same time, and uh, we did the you know the first one of those last week. Uh, phenomenal. We had 
like a dozen people on there. I think the majority of them were customers, um, you know, customers asking uh, all kinds of fun stuff and customers hearing from other customers. And um, it was good. It was good. It was, it was nice too, because it wasn't so formal that the customers didn't feel like they could ask the questions that they really wanted to ask. Right. It was a small impromptu thing. Um, you know, it was, it was awesome. So I think a lot of cool things are coming out of this that I, that, you know, we're innovating for the future after all this has passed as well. So yeah. I think it's good. I, I, I want to jump to, I'll, I'll, you're jumping ahead of me a little bit here. I wanted to talk about some predictions for the future at some point. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute, but flying cars. Yeah. So Aaron Buley, do you, if I'm not mistaken, you manage basically a global team of people. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Several, several global teams of people. Yeah. Okay. So in, in that, I mean, you know, obviously you're, you're having to manage, you know, a distributed team. And I'm curious if, you know, people who are people, if, if people are managing global teams like that now, all of a sudden, like, you know, their team is everywhere. Does your leadership style have to change because now your team is not with you? So no, we just do things in a different way. I, I, I would say, you know, the leadership style doesn't change. We just connect in different ways. Yeah. Right? So um, there are, there are big things where, you know, we had planned in the, you know, the past month and the upcoming couple of months where, uh, you know, pockets of us, groups of us were getting together in person. Um, you know, there were, there were some big events planned. I mean, DTW was an, was a massive one that got canceled. Um, I was going to have, uh, the majority of my team coming together here at the end of March, actually this, uh, it was this next week and that got canceled, right? We were going to have a, well, there, was, there was just a lot going on at that point. So, but right now we just have to be really intentional on connecting, uh, with each other every day. Right. Uh, so there I have, uh, six reports and they all have teams. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is, Hey, make sure you reach out to your people every day. Right now, the unique thing for my team is we were already, maybe not unique, but compared to other people, um, we were already globally distributed. Right. So none of that is new. Um, we have an individual in Melbourne, Australia, who, um, has always been in Melbourne there and got isolated. So he, we've been dealing with those challenges for some time. Calls when literally the 12 hour opposite. At the same time we have um, Scotland and Dubai and India and Singapore and so on. Honestly, man, most of this is, is just normal for us. The only thing that changed is we just can't go to customers. We're yeah. having to innovate how we help customers sales team. For some reason, you're cutting out, Aaron. I don't know why that is, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll move my mic closer. I need to repeat any of that? No, I think we got most of it, but... Um... Hey, Aaron, I know that there was um, a big Dell facility in, in Nashville that was recently impacted by the tornado that hit down there, um, and... Talking to some of the, my Dell counterparts uh, here in the Chicagoland area, that's had an impact. Um, can you can you comment on on that at all? Yeah, from what I know, um, it was a it was basically a center holding facility for uh, some equipment that was 
set to be kind of some, some quick reaction supplies. And some systems that we're going to feed into an integration. The good news is, it, from what I know, um, it wasn't a facility where a lot of people work. dozen or two dozen people maintaining the facility, um, which, you know, I think, thankfully, nobody was was killed or seriously injured. Um, but all that was lost was property. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, it happened at night. So I can't imagine unless you had people burning the midnight oil there that yeah, there's anybody I, in the building. From the report I saw, I think there were maybe three or four individuals that were there. Hmm. Um, and maybe a couple of them needed some a little bit of medical attention. But well, it's good to hear that they were not seriously injured. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's just a whole bunch of servers or something, right. That we can, we can rebuild. Yeah. So Tony had to drop cause his dad had a mild emergency, but he's going to hopefully I, he, I was trying to get him to call in on the zoom here. So hopefully he can, once he gets in the car, hopefully he can at least get back in that way. Okay. Is my audio better now? I, I th yep. I, it was my problem. I had the, oh, okay. my, my noise gate was not notched up a little too high. Oh, okay. So, um, all right. Well, that, that's, that's sort of the one of the one, like somebody a while back, I think it was Mr. Al Rashid had, you know, asked about some little, you know, business leadership questions. And, and I think he mentioned you specifically, you know, Aaron, about what you do for Dell and, you know, how, how you approach things. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's gotta be difficult, you know, when you're, when, especially when you're, if you're managing a global force like that, just trying to yeah. maintain relationships, trying to maintain, because it looks like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you've got people who are trying to bring you into customers all the time. And I mean, do you do a lot of that stuff for, for your team or is that kind of, you're just sort of there to manage other things? Yeah. Well, it's, it's all the above, but man, I, I would just say in this time, like the question around, you know, what's changed or anything it's just a triple down focus on the individuals of the team right um you know i've seen it a number of different places on twitter but um it's so true that how companies respond to you know their customers and their employees at this time is is just unbelievably important um you know you, you see some companies responding and uh you know chasing a bottom line at, at all costs and it just disgusts you um so, and I'm super proud of the way that just our entire, you know, not just my team, right, but um, our entire organization all the way up the, all the way up the stack. Everything I've seen, you know, Pat Gelsinger message and Michael Dell message and Jeff Clark message and so on and so forth um, has been all about caring for your people and making sure everybody's safe. And, right. um, you know, there's just constant, I mean, that, that's the constant thing, man, from uh, coming in from HR, just, just communication messages checking in on your people. Um, and, and there's, there's a, this is a unique time, man. I mean, there's all kinds of weird things where, um, you know, people can, uh, just react differently and feel isolated and have, you know, um, emotional, mental challenges. I mean, it, you know, I'm not trying to get, you know, all, um, you know, psychiatric here, but this is, this is very different. Right. And then you, every time you look at the news, you see these, you know, big red letters that say pandemic and, you know, the world's ending and everyone's like, how am I going to feed my family and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, so the last thing you want to do is, is not be there for, uh, your people. Yeah. Well said. 
Yeah, it's 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 been nutty. I mean, I and, and I feel like, you know, what, the one of the things I like, I'm not afraid of, you know, this pandemic thing. I'm not afraid of how we're gonna respond to it necessarily. I'm, I'm the the thing that, you know, if if it's a fear at all for me is more along the lines of, what are the businesses and what are the things that are not gonna come back from this period of closure, um. Like selfishly, be like when we were when we were moving to looking to moving to Indianapolis. Like one of our favorite Mexican restaurants is this chain called Abuelos, and we lost ours here because of some flooding a number of years ago. It you know it, it closed and never came back, and so now we're afraid like we're gonna move down there and the one down there is not gonna make it. So, yeah. it's like dude, I know I think about it often. I mean, just down the street, there's a there's a lady that runs a uh, a dry cleaner there. Her name is Sun, and you know our family has create a relationship with her. And I, so right. I wonder like, is she paying rent for that place that she can't have open? Cause she's a non-essential business owner, you know, and she's just small town dry cleaning. I don't, but it's also yeah. her, her way of life. <laughs> you know, I don't know if she survives this through that. So but, yeah. I got the same thing. Uh, my best friend, he owns a, a barn grill up in Northern Michigan and they had to shutter their doors. Um, they don't do enough takeout to uh, really, continue on and so they they had to furlough their employees they had to uh shutter their doors and and they're going to try to restart in three months but uh you know that's it's like starting a business over from the ground up again uh they've they've got the building and all all the insides are done but from a from an income perspective you know it's it's exceptionally hard for those types of businesses and then actually the the business i i came from before I came to VMware was a restaurant equipment manufacturer and you look at manufacturers that, you know, they, they have over a thousand people, uh, that, that they, um, have on the workforce. And now you get all these restaurants that are shut down and they're going to have to restart and they're not going to be buying things. And then you've got this ripple effect that goes through all of these different sections of, of, uh, you know, the economy. Well, and, and they even had like a manufacturing presence in China too, right? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So like, I mean that 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 that'll be the one interesting I think is that might come out of this is we're probably going to see some repatriation of manufacturing back in this country, at least some portion of it. Um, but I feel like it's going to come. It might come back, but I I feel like it's going to come back in a different way, and it's going to lead to like here's here's my first set of predictions, and if we want to get into predictions, um. <laughs> I, I feel like what's going to come back, we might get some manufacturing back, but those jobs are going to be all automated, mostly. Um, like, if you watch the, uh, there was a, the the best documentary feature that was just, you know, awarded on in the Oscars, which is on Netflix. It's about this uh, plant in Ohio where they're making automotive glass. And, you know, the, the, the premise of the film seems to be all about being pro-unions. But realistically, if you watch the whole thing, the message of the film comes in the last five minutes where it's all about automation and how, you know, they're, you know, they're they're actually replacing a bunch of workers in all these factories with robots effectively. And there's all these statistics they put up about how automation is going to do this to the manufacturing industry. And it's like, that's actually what the film was all really about. They just <laughs> spent two hours talking about union stuff. And that really is not not at all what the message of the film was. <laughs> 
Well, I do hope that some of that manufacturing comes back, and I hope it comes back to skilled workers as well, because a lot of the stuff that was happening, I worked for a manufacturing facility as well before I came to VMware, and we had a huge problem where we were moving to automation because we had no choice. We had so many people that were aging out and going into retirement. They didn't want to stay in uh, any longer than they had to. You know, they earned their right to retire, and you weren't seeing the new uh, people, the young people coming up through the ranks, taking over those skilled working jobs. So I'm hoping that causes a resurgence and actually factors the automation back a little bit when some of these jobs come back because, yeah. like it or not, there's going to be a lot of people displaced with this whole situation, and, and, and that would provide some value and jobs for those folks. Yeah, I mean, that's it, 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 it is one thing that I think in the short term it might be there, but I feel like, I mean, you know, and, and maybe even like, you know, uh, the little bit of digging that I've done on Tesla recently, you know, they tried to do more full automation and they kind of discovered um, they really couldn't do full auto, manu auto you know, full manufacturing of all of their products by, you know, robotics as much as possible. They had to end up hiring a bunch of people. Um, and I think they're... I think they're getting better at it, but it's one of these things of like, it's still going to take time. And I think that's part of the acceleration curve we're just going to see is, you know, we're going to start to have more engineering focus on how to, how to automate things. Um, and, and, you know, get, get that stuff happen. My other prediction is I think driverless cars are going to become the norm faster. Thoughts? Why is that? Uh, as a driving as a driving enthusiast, I hope that does not happen. I am not a fan of the self-driving car. I, I I think it could happen just a little bit quicker, just because, and, and mostly I think it's going to affect um, the the gig people because I think it's going to be Uber and Lyft and all these companies who you know employ drivers that realistically in their platform, if they could do it without them, they would. Um, and and I think that's where we're going to see more more auto, more you know engineering towards that effort because people are people are going to be a lot more reticent to just get in some random stranger's car now because who knows who's been in there before and who knows what the driver has, and so you know all this stuff is going to be sitting in the back of our minds now. Tony, how's your dad, man? What's I mean, I, you don't have to talk about what's going on, but. Are you going to see him or what's happening? Yeah, I'm I'm mobile. He's, he's good. Okay. Just gotta take care of something to help him out. Sure. Good man. Good man. All right, I've got some predictions for you. All right. Uh, lay, lay number on one. Me. Number one, people are going to enjoy working from home. People that have never had the opportunity before, right? They're going to enjoy it, and I think it's going to change the future of work from that from that perspective from this point on. Uh, that that's probably going to become a, a factor in the jobs that people take is whether or not they're able to do it and some of the things that allows them to do otherwise. Right? Um, yeah, I agree. I, think, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started working from home. Uh, what year is it? Uh, 10 years ago. And I, I will never go back to an office. Um, you know, if I need to be at a location, then great. I'll be there for meetings, but I will never have another desk in a facility. You know what I mean? Like this is Aaron's cube or office right. or whatever, right? If I'm going somewhere to sit somewhere, I would rather sit in like a, uh, a meeting space where I can just meet with anybody all the time or whatever. Right. And then if I need to have a private phone call, private conversation, step into a team room, something like that. But 
um, I, I've found I'm, I am so much more, um, uh, like focused and, uh, efficient in my work at home. Um, agreed. Yeah. People can't just stop by and, and chat with me as much as I love people, but I got to get some stuff done. So, um, my prediction number two, you're going to have more homeschoolers or at least people that uh, have more respect for homeschoolers. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, as, as a former homeschooled kid, yeah, we get no respect. <laughs> yeah, my my older sister homeschools all five of her children, uh, and she has for since since they started needing it. Yeah, and now the whole nation is is uh, homeschooling their kids. Yeah, uh, we're obviously going to have better collaboration tools uh, as they had to to ramp up uh, to handle more demand. I think that's not even arguable. Uh, we'll have more and better delivery services. I've seen businesses that uh, have not had delivery services suddenly have delivery services in my mm -hmm. city or my town, I guess. Um, and, and that's going to ultimately mean more improvement in quote unquote, the last mile, right? Uh, which is, which is often a, um, a challenge in, in delivery. Uh, my last one that I had written down here while you were, while you were asking the question, I have this imagination that when all, when we get back together, uh, in, in our, in our circles, you're going to have some folks who come back like super shredded or like they read 50 books and they've never, like they didn't use, used to read anymore. Right. But they have all this extra time and they picked up some, some hobby that they love. Right. And they just like fell in love with working out. Right. Um, you know, or you're going to have the people that, uh, suddenly work from home and they sit right across the hallway from their refrigerator and they gain, you know, 50 or 75 pounds. Yeah. So. I, I think, yeah. From, from the news stories I've seen where people are like, you know, they're leaving the kale and the quinoa and they're going for the Doritos and the Oreos, you know, right now. That's right. Um, I think when they bought everything yeah. expecting a shortage and then they go home and they're working from home and they're looking at their stacks of Oreos and Doritos <laughs> and Mountain Dew and they eat it all. <laughs> Probably that one. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a lot of eating our feelings going on right now. That's yeah, that's a fact. But Boltas, do you have any thoughts about this? Any, any yeah, no, absolutely. No, no Nostradamus moments. Um, so some of this kind of dovetails into some of the other things that, uh, Mr. Bealey was saying, but um, uh, this whole idea of being able to work from home and being able to work uh, wherever, really, it's not just work from home, it's being able to be mobile and still be productive. Um, our, our world was really built around this idea of traveling for business and I have to get on a plane and be here so that I can be in front right. of these people. And I think a lot of that was driven by the fact that this type of collaboration was seen as, well, if I can't do anything else, then I will hop on a Zoom, right? Um, now that this is the primary mode of communication because of social distancing and the uh, stay at home requirements and things like that, um, I think that when we get back into the normal, you know, society, uh, after this is all done, somebody knocking on the door. What is that? No, it's. Oh, <laughs> somebody's knocking on the window. It's my kids. <laughs> um, so wait, wait, I think when we get, get... they're like knocking on the basement window, I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> God, what color green is that on your walls? We know now. Yeah, we do know. Uh, so I think that a lot of that'll change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
how acceptable it is to have, uh, you, you know, a digital <coughs> or a, a virtual experience when you're having business relationships, uh, which could have a positive impact on things like the environment. If we're not flying around as much or driving as much, um, you know, that could have a positive impact trying to spin this uh, a little bit more silver lining like. Um, but uh, that's one of the big things I think is going to happen. Uh, you know, hopefully another thing um, is that people are starting to learn to cook from home. Right. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. that oh, like man. they can, because I have a lot of friends that have never learned how to cook and can't cook. Yeah. Like don't, don't <laughs> underestimate the importance of having a working dishwasher right now. <laughs> That's true. Oh, Dude, uh, I can make a turkey sandwich. I don't know what you're talking about. I can make cereal, scrambled eggs, turkey there sandwich. Perfect. Done. Uh, so, Peanut you know, jelly yep. I think those are probably my big two um that that i have that aaron didn't already hit so there you go right. tony do you have any predictions of how, what's going to come out of all this i think you know most of my things have already been touched on but i'm going to add my own little spin on it just because i can so i came from a, an employer that had a very strict work at home policy it was very non-kosher to do so you had to have medical excuses etc to do so and i'm like why i'm a technology professional i can get to all the servers all the switches do everything i need to do remotely and they just refuse to do it i think this is the, the moment that's proving to the world that it can be done that you can be productive uh and that you can get stuff done uh, my points to my former employer was i think i'm going to be more productive because i'm going to have much less people walking up distracting me from actually getting my work done Fact. and i think that's that ties in nicely to what Harris said in his experience in the last 10 years has been uh, and, and then also it ties into what your ceo pat gelsinger has said about the huge work from home movement and he he made a quote on twitter i think it was maybe earlier this week or maybe last week about this is going to change the way people work from home, not just now, but forever. It's the whole paradigm has shifted from we can't work from home. We don't know how to do it. We can't do it. It's not viable for our business to there is a way forward. There's technologies out there that can do it. We've found it through this tragic time, but we can do it. And I think that's going to be a big paradigm shift. Just people thinking that, yes, we can do it now versus no, we couldn't before. And I think the other thing really is, I think the internet backhaul is going to need to be uh, greatly expanded. It was never designed, in my opinion, it was never designed to handle this kind of load, this many people all on it all at once. It was always kind of the subscriber line of model of these people are going to be at work at this given time, these people are going to be actively using it, et cetera. And now that so many more people are on it, they're going to have to do something and make some, some investments. Yeah. Even going forward, we're going to need, we're going to, need to see higher bandwidth uh, or nodes available, that kind of thing. Do, do we think that like maybe some of these places like Tony's talking about, because you know, uh, my, my previous employer was pretty much a sister company to, to Tony's uh, from a, a practical perspective. Is it a trust issue? Uh, they don't trust employees to actually do the work from home. And now this is forcing the issue and they're finding that out that, that it's not a problem. Like what is the, what is the crux of that, of why you wouldn't allow that to happen other than this person has to physically be here because it's a factory and this is how we make our widgets. Yeah. I think some of it is, is a trust issue for sure. Um, 
you know, just immaturity um, in, you know, one or both sides of that, that equation that, that, you know, they don't trust each other. Um, I think one of the excuses it's given is, is collaboration, um, which is sometimes true and sometimes not. Um, I think there's, there's um, ways to collaborate, like just, I don't know, the, the, the collaboration space idea, I think is the, is in my opinion, the right thing. I know that ruffles some, a lot of people's feathers. Um, but it's in my mind, whenever you are ready to participate in something like that, then you are there. If you've got a bunch of work you need to do, then you self-isolate, uh, you, you quarantine yourself and, uh, and get it done because every time I've got, you know, Bob or Jane or whoever coming by and saying, Oh, those, are those some new shoes you got there? Or I love your socks or whatever, you know? Oh, do you get a new like, phone? Great. <laughs> I got to go through this, you know, got to go through this spreadsheet or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm an extremely extroverted person and, uh, just moving from going to into a place and having all these people around me every day to working from home. When I came over to VMware two years ago, like that was a big change for me and like not having a place to go into that forced social interaction was, was very hard for me. Uh, and when I first moved and changed, um, it's something I've gotten used to, uh, and I've still had the ability to go to customer sites and to uh, really have that interaction with folks. Uh, so that's been great. But in the in the current situation, uh, I'm I'm going stir crazy. Uh, quite honestly, yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. some no, type too. of social interaction. And that's why me I'm too. the same way, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> or, yeah. To yeah. Both of us, but yes, uh, I, I think in that instance, though, you just have to be so intentional. Um, to you know go meet your peers at a, at a local coffee shop or something like that you just you separate those times um where you get intentionally um social and collaborative all that and all that kind of stuff and then you step back and you you have your own time to to meditate you know right. on what it is that you're trying to i mean maybe, maybe meditate is too strong of a word but to think strategically uh you know long term about what it is you're trying to do or build and because if you're constantly getting interrupted and then this kind of segues, I'm not trying to drive the conversation this way, but this kind of segues into how you have to do that for yourself personally, away from devices and, and news and, and all that kind of stuff. You have to disconnect uh, right. regularly. And I struggle with that myself um, to, to, to start thinking, having your own thoughts and processing the experience that you're in uh, and where you need to take it, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think there's something to that. But like one of the other things I think people are going to discover right now is, is, is you know, some people might enjoy working from home, but I think there's a lot of people who are going to discover they are not cut out for working at home, and <laughs> they just can't do it. Um, yeah, discipline is key. You know, and and that's you know, just a sad fact of it. And not not everybody's really able to or meant to to do this. It is not for everybody. No, it, it is not. No. And it's one of those things of like, the, the other thing I feel like businesses especially are, are learning right now is um, if, if they had a business continuity plan or a disaster recovery plan, it's all of those are being tested right now. <laughs> and, um, and most of them aren't, and, aren't good and, enough. And every, yes. <laughs> and every business who has those plans, they're all finding the holes in them right now. And so I feel like once this, my, here's my last big prediction for this is that, once this is more or less over, you know, technology vendors are going to have this tsunami of customer requests because all of them are going to have gone through a period of what worked, what didn't work, 
and they're going to figure out what they need and they're going to come all asking, you know, us, the vendors, how to fix these things. And we better be ready for it because there's going to be a lot of it. And, you know, the thing that I've heard from, from, from a lot of people is like the technology space, obviously it's not going away. And, and, and realistically, I think technology is going to help us, you know, prepare for the future and other rounds of, of this coming forward. Cause this is, this is, let's face it, this is round one of who knows how many. And sure. And let's, you know, like technology is going to f- figure out a way around it in the future. We'll, we'll have things to mitigate this stuff, but you know, we're, we're, we're we, we as professional technology professionals better be ready for the deluge of requests because there's going to be a lot of them. I, I got a simple answer for you, Britain. It's called VMware cloud and AWS. Nice. <laughs> Always be selling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Aaron's like, ah, stop it. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's good. I yeah. <laughs> Always be closing. Also, VMware Cloud on Dell EMC. Oh yeah. Yeah. Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place, you fired. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I'm gonna have to clip that for later. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, this that'll go with this other one I've got for you. It's only vSphere things. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you guys want to wrap this up, we can wrap this thing up and get it over with. I mean, you know, we, we talked about, about whatever. We we, we talked talk about, about video games. N- not talking about COVID, and we we spent a lot of time talking yeah. about COVID. Well, um, not directly, but you know. But we haven't, but we haven't talked about uh, something that's coming down the pipe here uh, next week. Late on me. That is the impending release of vSphere Seven. Dun dun dun! Yay! That's awesome. The problem is solved. We solved the problem. Problem solved. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. That was awesome. <laughs> All of our problems have just been solved by vSphere 7. Thank you very much. There you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. What's the most exciting thing you're excited about with vSphere 7, Aaron? Honestly, I know it sounds really, like, not exciting, but vSphere Lifecycle Manager. Um, We're we're taking and we're moving what used to be uh, vSphere Update Manager, right? Just this ability to patch and remediate hosts and pull down, uh, you know, ESXi patches. And we're bringing a lifecycle aspect around it so that we can actually take and test out that what if scenario, what happens if I upgrade to this version? How does that impact all these other different technologies I have in place before I click the button? Uh, It also allows you to take all of the drivers and firmwares uh, that might exist on your system or need to exist on your system and don't today and include those as a cluster package with ESXi. So, um, you know, you can actually, and, uh, understand that you can update those hosts in one click versus having to update the firmware and the drivers and then updating ESXi and, and taking all that time. Uh, so that's really where where my um, whole idea of what's the coolest thing that's coming down is. I know a lot of the focus is around containers and, and Kubernetes uh, and vSphere 7 with Kubernetes, which used to be called Project Pacific. And that's, that's really mm-hmm. awesome. 
stuff that's coming down the, the pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's something that every customer is going to be able to take advantage of quite like Lifecycle Manager will be. I would say file services for me. File services is cool. Yeah, when, the remote aspect of when, when is vSphere seven going to be GA for VxRail? Uh, as soon as it's GA, same time. So, we have we have what's called sim ship. Oh, okay, I thought there I thought there was a lag, but is that just for for patches? No, there's no, no lag at all. On any no, of it. all right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a, uh, a Pat and Jeff directive to do simultaneous shipping on all that stuff. Cool. So. Yeah, there's no lag. Now, adoption of of you know straight up seven zero from a customer base. I don't know how. Yeah, that usually how quick that'll happen. It'll probably happen at U uh, one. So yeah, and that, that's what we there's a there's a lot of yeah. that, that's what we've historically yeah. seen is that people always go for U one. But yeah, there's a lot of features uh, that we're releasing um, in addition uh, with seven zero for for VX Rail, but uh, just due to shipping blocks and all that kind of stuff. Um, the majority of the features are going to land in U1 um, because that's when the, the major adoption happens. So, but yeah, the, you know, when 7.0 is out, um, it's out on rail. So. Uh-huh. Well, we have the launch event scheduled for April 2nd. Mr. Bob Plankers has a nice blog article out there about it. Nice. I'll, that's try, awesome. I'll try to find that. Is it like, it's crazy. And I don't know how much, is it a web event uh, of some sort? It is a web event. Yeah. It's a virtual event. If okay. you can in person that. only, Britain. In person only, <laughs> April second. I'm there, man. I'm Just there. Just Bob. <laughs> Just Bob. I, I did see. Uh, I did see this awesome <laughs> march for the cure, and it showed like all of these people marching down uh, a a street. You know, big old like Boston Marathon style. Everybody's w- walking down the street for a cure for COVID, uh, set for April first. um but man if you talk about uh you know i'm not real big on you know future selling and whatnot but i i feel like vsan is is getting into like the next major gear um with seven it's awesome there's going to be a lot of really big stuff that's happening uh with you one and and all the things that are happening in calendar year 21 uh big big things Big architectural changes, um, you know, big software changes in the way vSAN is written and how it can access and provide storage. Um, ugh, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. Tony, really, is there really, stuff really you're cool. excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about after two months of job search, getting back into the trainings and catching up to speed on everything you can. <laughs> And you're going, you're going to core, right? You were vSAN specialist and now you'd be core. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So now you're selling uh, workspace one and VMware cloud foundation. Those are your two products, right? <laughs> well, yeah. we're actually, is that what it boils we're, down to? We're all selling cloud foundation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but as a, as a, as a core SE though, that's what you think, right? Uh, I mean, I will be selling all the things. Yeah. Tanzu, Tanzu is a big piece uh, of the puzzle. But, but all that rolls together, though. I, all I'm trying to say is like that's yeah. that's the two headliners, right? And then all the other sure. stuff that you talk about. NSX is part of Cloud Foundation. VSAN mm-hmm. is part of Cloud Foundation. Fellow um, Cloud. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some SaaS services that don't quite fit that mold. Um, okay, that's true. Uh, like 
Wavefront, which is now going to be called Tanzu Observability and mm, okay. um, Interesting. Uh, vRealize Network Insight. We've got all the cloud management stuff actually being offered as SaaS services now. So vRealize Automation Cloud, vROPS Cloud is coming here uh, right around the corner. And and uh, so that's, that's some cool stuff that, uh, you know, trying to shift from this company where VMware is all perpetual licensing and, and an on-prem into this subscription model. Uh, the SaaS pieces of the puzzle are exceptionally important for that. What is this I keep hearing about NSXE? Can y'all talk about that or no. educate me on it? No. <laughs> I'll, uh, Am I talking to the right people or well, no? Well, no? Should we save I, that for I, another I conversation? Don't know, I don't know that it's public yet, so... Oh, yeah, I'll, I said NSXT. Yeah, Can we take that NSXT? I'll, I'll, we'll, take <laughs> that, we'll take that offline. I'll cut that piece out. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I'm not I'm not 100% sure how public that is. So <clears throat> yep. until I hear somebody else say it, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> well, you heard me say it. <laughs> somebody else who works for VMware. <laughs> yeah, sorry. 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 Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Forget that. Yeah. No, it's all right. Um, it's just gonna be beeped out. Yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll just push right through that. Um, other stuff. I mean, I I am excited about NSXT 3.0 coming. Um, I mean, there is you know a lot of good stuff coming that you know we're eventually gonna get. There's some uh, new like connectivity visualization stuff that's gonna be coming with that. So, you know, it's not quite the same level of stuff as Network Insight and what it can do and showing actual flows, but kind of gives you a, a visualized way of seeing how, you know, the actual virtual network connectivity is flowing through your, your, your switches and stuff. So that, that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out. So, uh, all right, I think Tony's probably getting close to farmland in wisconsin so we'll uh probably need to wrap this up and let him go no worries all right it was so, a pleasure talking to y'all yeah thanks Absolutely. for thanks for joining guys um thanks for you know helping us make the best out of out of life right now and uh you know i hope to see both of you in person again very soon one of these days um i still Should I bring my bald eagle yes oh it's not it doesn't show you my I'm yeah. pointing to it, but yeah, my hand your is, hand is kind right, of cutting out there. Never mind. Yeah, I still, I, I, I want to get down there and get a ride in the Goblin one of these days. So, bring it, man. Yeah. Tony did some donuts in it. Yeah, I think no, you saw that. I did. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I scared Aaron a little bit, though. Yeah, he's done that to me. He's been that. He's done that to me before too, Tony, Aaron. So don't don't feel bad because there's been a, there's been a couple of test rides that I've been in with Tony where he's nearly killed me. So. <laughs> it didn't scare me it's just like you could see in the video like my face kind of changes this is my brain turned on and i was thinking about i don't know whatever you know i don't know Your the children? mechanics of making it happen no 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 i <laughs> what's gonna happen when this all goes sideways yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly we were sideways <laughs> there you go that's right yeah. that's right cool all right i'm gonna play us out and we will be done
Once again, this has been GigaCast episode 37 for March 27th, 2020. Thanks to Aaron Billy. Thanks to Aaron Bolthouse and my illustrious co-host, Mr. Tony Reeves. Thank you, sir. Um, we'll come at you again soon. I'm gonna. I'm trying to line up more stuff, um, and I think as we're all stuck at home right now, um, we might be able to do a little bit more of this, but we'll see. Um, if you have suggestions, hit us on the Twitters. It's at VGigaCast, and uh, let us know something you'd like us to talk about, and we'll we'll try to get it rolling here. Again, thanks guys for for jumping in, and uh, everybody stay safe, and order some takeout food to keep restaurants rolling, and uh, you know, hopefully you're not going crazy with your family in the house. All right, peace. We'll be right back.